Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. This is Cork Today. Cork Today. With J.P. McNamara on C103. And good morning, hope you all had a nice weekend. It's John Paul McNamara with you right through until one with Cork Today. And Bernie and Sadie taking your calls this morning, 1850-333-103. Our lines are open. You can text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103 or email across the morning jp at c103.ie. You can send us a message as well on the C103 Facebook page via private messenger or you can always tweet at C103 Cork. And ahead on the programme this morning and a lot of calls already in yesterday morning on this and again earlier on this morning and this is the scenes from Killarney at the weekend. The Mayor of Killarney has said that is Councillor Brendan Cronin. He's come out and said the street party as it's now known as is a slap in the face for the town and many people who feel they have cocooned or stayed inside or obeyed by the laws over the last number of months uh, that this is something they thought they would not see and if you had not seen the footage or you're unaware of it and basically, it's a large crowd of people dancing and enjoying themselves, I suppose you can say, in one sense on the street, which is fine in normal times, but because people are supposed to social distance and stay away from each other and behave, it's not really something that we should be seeing during the pandemic, especially when so many people are trying to obey and abide by the particular guidelines. But it is people enjoying themselves on, on the streets, dancing, to music, singing. And one guy then, he removes his clothes uh, he's topless dancing on top of the old telephone box there on the main street in Killarney that now houses a defibrillator so there's a defibrillator machine in that particular old phone box he's dancing on that and then it goes uh, from him dancing on it to getting the crowd going and they start singing the fields of Athenry uh, now this wasn't too late in the night because I'll get back to a lot of calls that have come in on this uh, must have been between 12 and 1 or so going on the calls we're getting uh, anyhow your views are welcome on that I mean Gardi did say they received reports of a large number socialising in the town of Killarney on Saturday night. The Vintners Federation say if a pub was involved then they should face the full force of the law. And many are saying well the wet pubs are closed, they're the pubs who don't serve food. If they were open would this still be happening? Some would say it would, some are saying it's not. Anyhow your views are welcome on that. Let us know 1850-333-103 or indeed text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103 is the fact that we are keeping those particular bars closed leading to people having drinks in their home and then they may be coming into the bars that are open serving food 
getting the last table sitting there uh, having whatever food is an offer but at this stage they've had so much to drink at home uh, they're well on in a, with alcohol by the time they actually get into that particular pub and is the, this is why we're seeing these particular scenes then in Killarney at the weekend and the big thing here of course is from people in the area who were saying uh, they're worried in case it does spread coronavirus in the Killarney area and like the weather a, a virus doesn't see borders and Killarney is very near Cork uh, less than an hour uh, only 40 minutes from some areas if not less again from some areas of Cork County so because of that there are fears if anything was to come out of this and hopefully not uh, that it would increase the, the spread of coronavirus uh, COVID-19 in that particular area your views are welcome 1850 we'll be speaking with Councillor Nilo Callahan from Killarney who's also a publican in that particular town shortly on the programme we're also going to hear why students are being warned not to enter into long rental agreements for the college year if a lot of the learning will be mainly done online we know now that a lot of the uh, college courses yes you may attend the lecture hall for one or two days in that week but the rest could be done online is there a need then to be taking out long term leases for accommodation in whatever city or town you are attending college and also within that uh, college fees seemingly are going to remain as they are so for those who thought they might uh, get or have less cost this year when it comes to college seemingly not college fees will still remain as they are uh, roughly uh, 3000 to 4000 a year uh, can be the basic college fees and they seem to be staying that way. We'll be speaking to a welfare officer from UCC on that this morning. Also, why one mid-Cork village is against more wind farms planned for the area, along also with a battery unit proposal. This is something uh, that many towns have fought against over the years and if you ever travel uh, between McCroom and North Cork towards uh, Mill Street or uh, towards Mallow via Coachford and Drumahan uh, and uh, Buin, Dunamore in that particular area you will see the skyline there and the hills covered with wind farms and also the area of Balangiri and that's the village this morning that we'll be speaking with who do not want any more wind farms in their area they say they have too many already we'll be speaking with those from Balangiri this morning on that particular issue uh, it's not a new issue it's an issue we've spoken about before also we've heard from other areas of the county particularly around the Ballydesmond area who were against these battery units uh, proposals that were going on in their area this likewise in Balangiri uh, but interesting to see even when it comes to the launch of the new season for television I think it's RTE are going to have a programme whereby it's a, a rural town in the west of Ireland and everybody there is campaigning against wind farms it's going to be interesting to see how they react and how they display the emotion in local towns uh, because it's something that is uh, particularly affecting towns and villages in the west of Ireland so we'll discuss that this morning your views are welcome on wind farms and wind turbines because for many they say it's the way of the future uh, we can see big companies like Amazon who were getting into this to power their data centres and they are setting up in Galway uh, a huge wind farm they're trying to anyhow set up a, a huge wind farm in, in the Galway area so uh, for many they say it's the way of the future but for others then would you like to live next to a particular wind farm or in a village or town whereby a wind farm looks over your particular village and town especially if it's a scenic area your views are welcome on that and we're going to speak to 
one woman who has recovered from cancer but wants to give back to the Cork Cancer Charity Centre. It's a Cork Cancer Care Charity and because she wants to give back to this particular group, she is going to embark on a 10k walk daily. We'll chat with Bandon woman Helena O'Brien on her particular journey. And Annalisa Drizel will join us after 12.30 this afternoon. She'll answer all your nutritional questions. So if you have a health question for Annalisa, get that into us. You can text or WhatsApp 86 or call 1850-333-103. And that and more, along with your calls and comments to come between 10 and 1 this morning on Cork Today. Something I want to go back to from yesterday, from or sorry, from Friday even. And this was Elaine who was in contact with us because last week we were discussing about smart meters and Dan was chatting to us about he felt since he got a smart meter his electricity increased we got onto ESB networks for Dan and now Dan and ESB are talking to each other to solve this particular issue uh, but because we discussed the issue of electricity uh, Elaine is wondering if someone can help her out here on this because she's currently with prepay power now she likes the idea of paying weekly but she thinks in the long run that they're more expensive. So her contract is up since last November. She wants to change to a cheaper company. Can anyone suggest anything for her, please? Anybody who may have got a good deal over the last year with a particular electricity company? I mean, what I will be saying to you, Elaine, is if you go on, because I moved house earlier this year, right just before lockdown, and I checked on the likes of switcher.ie or bonkers.ie. There's a new one now called choosy.ie. So either of those websites, they're comparison websites you just type in your various what you want so if you want gas and electricity together if you want TV and broadband together you you choose what you want and they will predict and give you the best value that they think uh, is out there at the moment or the various deals that companies are getting at the moment so I was happy enough with what I got from the electricity company I went with in the end Uh, but everybody has their own preference so if somebody else has an idea or has some advice for Elaine uh, who was in contract now auto contract with prepay power she does like the idea of paying weekly uh, but she felt it was more expensive in the long run so any idea or anything we can offer advice to Elaine on cheaper electricity companies and again I would if I were you Elaine check out those particular websites uh, to compare uh, the various companies out there 1850-333-103 lines open text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103 lines are open 1850-333-103 and I mentioned there about electricity prices Elaine looking for a cheaper option and she was on prepay power now looking to go with a particular company as her contract is up since last November well on money issues uh, for all of us who and majority of us have a bank account but a lot of us are tapping these days because we're being told not to use cash and it seems now that people everywhere are fearing this because we could be facing and probably will be facing higher charges when it comes to banking fees because the central bank have said they have received a dozen applications from banks who want to and are looking into increasing their fees that they then will of course pass on to customers. Now already this year banks have been granted permission to increase a string of customer charges. I know Bank of Ireland announced last week that from November it is replacing the 26 fees that they impose on customers with a flat monthly fee of six euros for all and that's some four out of ten of its personal current account customers are set to lose out as a result of that. AIB is also planning to plough ahead with moves to introduce transaction fees in the autumn for customers who maybe 
we have avoided them over the last number of years. So the big worry is, uh, as we're all tapping, and I know consumer experts have been fearing this, more and more of us were tapping before COVID. Now, with the introduction of COVID and we're told not to use cash as much, everybody is tapping. Uh, when you go along to the actual, wherever you are, restaurant or uh, shop or doing your weekly shop or whatever, you're tapping instead of cash. Could they start charging for that? Now, hopefully not. And majority of them aren't at the moment whereby they're actually offering you money back. Some are uh, charging maybe 10 cents uh, for using that particular facility. It could be free over a certain amount, for example, 30 euros or 50 euros. But our bank's going to look at that and realise that everybody now has to tap to pay uh, or use that card more. And could we see new charges in that way? Hopefully not. And I know consumer groups are, are have been campaigning for this not to happen because they feared that as everybody was being told to go cashless and uh, to go uh, using your debit card and tap and all of that that this was a fear that they could introduce this with banks and hopefully it's something we won't see because we don't know exactly what the banks want to increase as yet so we'll keep an eye on that story over the next number of weeks and months because I think it's something the banks are looking at how to make a quick buck and they could be looking at that particular feature anyhow we'll wait and see Uh, also a lot of talk last week on Phil Hogan and now the talk is on who will replace them in the commission and the three government-led leaders have said that they are going meeting today to decide is it worth the gamble of ignoring the EU commission president's request to send the name of a female and male nominee to replace Phil Hogan in Europe. Of course the three coalition leaders are pondering the prospect of sending just one name and that name seems to be the Foreign Affairs Minister Simon Coveney and if he was to get that particular role and be sent to Europe then it would open up a by-election in Cork South Central but speaking on Friday's show to Irish South MEP Fine Gael, Sean Kelly he was making the point on what's more important to this particular programme he said is replacing someone in, in Europe uh, with a man that knows the way things will work or is a by-election more important? So he felt that Europe was more important. So we'll wait and see uh, what happens with regards to who will replace Phil Hogan in Europe and in the Kinney. If you thought... Uh, that in the Kinney was something of the past well you thought wrong because even though he has come out and said he's not in the running for Phil Hogan's job he has another career which is opening up for him and that is TV presenting uh, because last year and earlier this year he seemingly is filming a particular show about Irish railways the old railway lines across the country and this particular show is going to feature on RTE1 it's understood it'll be broadcast in early 2021 it's uh, been produced at the moment. They have three series already filmed and it's Osgwelliga. So, of course, Inda Kinney is a fluent Irish speaker and he will present that particular programme in Irish. So, if you thought that was the end of Inda, no, you're going to see him again and he will be back on our TV screens on RTE1. And while the political debate continued over Phil Hogan, well, at the weekend, more debate regarding a Fine Gael councillor. This was Kenneth Egan from Dublin. He has resigned the party whip of Fine Gael after he holidayed in West Cork, Baltimore, I think, after returning from a boxing event in the UK. Of course, government guidelines require people to restrict their movements for 14 days after returning from the UK. Uh, Bush, uh, Mr Egan decided to go along to, I'm sure it was Baltimore. They say West Cork in the papers. I saw him tweeting about Baltimore 
at that stage I wasn't aware that he was in the UK uh, before that but it, it, I'm sure it was Baltimore he was in but he did not uh, re- adhere to the government guidelines when returning uh, from the UK and decided to holiday in West Cork and a lot of talk on Friday's show about powers the Gardaí could have got to enter private homes to shut down house parties well uh, that changed at the very very last minute uh, on Friday, the Justice Minister Helen McAtee has said the Cabinet felt that allowing Gardaí enter the private home of someone to shut down a house party would be an extreme measure. Uh, so a U-turn on that happened late on Friday evening. So that now won't be something the powers of Gardaí have. That's not going ahead. A U-turn on that on Friday evening for those who are concerned. 1850-333-103. Our lines are open. Text or WhatsApp 0862103103. We have a lot of calls and texts coming in regarding what happened in Killarney uh, over the weekend, especially on Saturday night. I'll get to those next. Court today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850-333-103. Now scenes of a street party in Killarney over the weekend. For locals, they say it's very upsetting. Also local councillors are saying it's very upsetting. One of those joins me and that is Councillor Niall Kelleher. Good morning to you, Niall. Good morning, John Paul. And thanks for joining us. I mean, first of all, uh, over the weekend, we've all seen the video footage at this stage of the people shouting on the streets, singing on the streets, and the man taking off his top and dancing on top of the old telephone box, which is now uh, home to a defibrillator machine. Uh, something that you would have thought was from a few years ago, but it was from Saturday night. I mean, uh, first of all, many people are asking, would it have made a difference if wet pubs were open or were this still occurred? I mean, what's the view in Killarney this morning over this? Because I know from calls we're hearing, a lot of locals are very upset in case it would open up a spread of COVID-19. Well, look, that certainly is a concern um, in relation to to what would happen. And, you know, I was speaking earlier to people who were talking. If you have wet pubs open, um, you know, while they will, they act very, very responsibly, and they will act very responsibly. And um, you've an issue at 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 a closing time, which we've always had pre-pandemic, um, where you have young people out in the streets or anyone out in the streets. Let's not just castigate young people. And um, so that is an issue that needs to be needs to be dealt with uh, when the government are dealing with the laws uh, for Engadishikana. But let's be very, very clear, John Paul. There has to be responsibility on behalf of the people. If you are going out, I know and I completely understand the frustration of of, of people who are, are not probably having the experiences that they would have in nights out uh, that they've had in the past and, and would like to have uh, going forward. But there has to be responsibility, and you've said it, to see pictures of, um, of two young men uh, up on a defibrillator, a life-saving device in the middle of a pandemic, was upsetting. It was disturbing, and it was very, very irresponsible, and it was a slap in the face uh, to the people who have obeyed uh, the guidelines, who have followed the guidelines and rules that are set out by the HSE and the government uh, right during this pandemic. So there has to be personal responsibility. I also agree uh, with the AGSI General Secretary and Cunningham, who makes the point uh, in relation to the powers of Ingarda Shikana, um, and that they need uh, to have uh, proper powers because um, 90, 95%, the vast majority of publicans and people in the hospitality industry are running their premises exceptionally well. We in Kerry were the very, very first to set up our own uh, COVID-19 uh, course with the ETB um, and the council for 
uh, hospitality businesses because we knew uh, we'd have a busy tourism season when the country opened up. And it was, and it was very, very well ran. And it is disappointing that on the final weekend of our summer months that this is the scenes uh, that we see on a Saturday night. And I know there's a lot of talk this morning about Gardaí and that Gardaí should have responded and they should be here. But at the same time, from the Garda point of view, they can't be everywhere. If they're dealing with another incident in another town nearby, because obviously the Clarny District would, would cover a lot of areas and villages nearby, that they can't be in every location at once. If there's something else happening in another area of the town or another village, it's going to be hard to police every street if this yeah. is going on. John Paul, it's very, very important that we understand the circumstances. We have one minute of video footage, which is exceptionally irresponsible. Ten minutes later, Ungarda Shekana were there and broke up the crowd that were there and dispersed them and made them go along their way. So the Gardaí did respond. And the Gardaí can't be at every street and every corner at every time. But they respond when they're made aware of them. Um, in all credit to Garda Shikana, they were at other incidences also, uh, which are reported in, in the national media uh, in Killarney uh, over the, the, the at the particular time um, of this incident, which was 11.30, because there are some reports that it was in the early hours of Sunday morning. It was at 11.30 that this, uh, CC, uh, this uh, camera footage was taken. Yeah, and we were, because we had calls in from people who were in the area and, and it was early enough. I mean, if it wasn't in COVID times, you would be saying it's something from 4am in the morning, but it wasn't. It was it was early uh, in the late evening, into the early hours. From a tourism point of view, now, could this damage Killarney now f- when people see this and they're thinking the behaviour in Killarney would turn people off from, from going to the area? And could it damage the entire southwest region? Yeah, well, it, it can damage if people look at this incident and think that this is what's the norm. So I want to put it out there quite clear. This is not the norm in Killarney. We've had a a busy staycation season in Killarney, Kerry and in the west of Ireland. It was very, very good and very, very well ran. I staycationed myself down in West Cork. It was ran very, very well. People enjoyed themselves as best they could with the regulations. And that's what's important, um, that people understand Yes, there are instances, and this instance did happen, and it was dealt with. And more importantly, I, my fellow councillors, Chamber of Tourism and Commerce, and more, will be ensuring that the likes of this does not happen again. And the important element in that is that when the government are looking at the powers that they're giving to Angarda Shikana, that the powers are actionable rather than not. And what would you say to many this morning who said it's hard to blame those who were going out on the streets like that on Saturday night? A lot of people in their 20s were not able to meet their friends over the last number of months. Uh, It's a time when you should be going out and enjoying yourselves and maybe they just let their hair down and uh, for this instance, they did go out and they shouldn't have, but they did enjoy themselves on the street and party. What do you say to those who feel like the young people are just being locked up and that this is the outcome, that that something needs to be done and and we need to look at the idea of reopening the pubs and nightclubs. If the pubs have proven themselves at the moment by serving food and adhering to the restrictions as they are, then surely they can restrict as well when it comes to nightclubs and the wet bars. 95%, the vast majority, have run it impeccably well. 
And yes, people have to show restraint from having uh, the good time and the experience that they've had in the past like this. And I understand. I'm only 34 myself. It's not too long ago. I was out in Killarney on these Saturday nights. It is important to remember it's not just young adults. Um, it, it, it is everyone that needs to take responsibility. And I understand that frustration, but we have to, for the, to protect our loved ones, to protect those people that are vulnerable. I have a 95-year-old grandfather. There's many other people that have people with underlying health conditions and so on. It is important that we uh, continue the good work that has been done and not let this be a slap in the face for people who've lost loved ones, haven't been able to have their weddings and many other family events that haven't been able to go ahead. People can't go to football matches. There's a lot of frustration out there. But we have to work on this together uh, to get through the height of this pandemic. And so, the night in Killarney, I mean, was it a busier night than usual? I, I know some hoteliers are saying it wasn't that busy and uh, accommodation wasn't at full capacity. No, it wasn't um, by any stretch of the imagination. But I will make one distinctive point. And I've, I've, I've had friends of mine, uh, even people from Cork that were in Killarney uh, at the weekend. Um, and they quite simply said to me, Niall, it, it wasn't any busier in any shape or form. But it just happened um, that this congregation of, of people at this particular time um, happened. Um, I suppose there was a different uh, younger crowd, obviously, uh, younger adults, because the families were gone back home to go back to school. And maybe that's what led to this. Um, but, you know, um, it was not busier. And tourism for the next number of months, talking to hotels and establishments are a lot, lot quieter and the bookings are considerably down for a tourist season um, that we would have traditionally had when we'd have incoming uh, tourists from international perspectives. But look, this has been damaging um, to Killarney. Um, we are on your radio station. I was on Pat Kenny this morning. There are other um, members of the council and uh, chamber that are on other stations and television programmes. This is not why we want to be talking about Killarney this morning. But a lot of people uh, have come on, on their staycation. They've enjoyed being in Killarney. And the vast majority, and I want to commend those businesses that have been following the guidelines. Our annual licensing court is coming up on the 15th of September, a very ample place for Angarda Shikana to highlight any issues that they have with any establishments, if, the, if there are any establishments that are responsible for what happened on Saturday night. Uh, but we've supermarkets open, so, you know, I can't tell you uh, where the people got the alcohol, uh, but that's a matter for Garda Shikana to deal with, and I will be uh, urging them to deal with it promptly that in our annual licensing court on the 15th of September would be an appropriate place to highlight any concerns.
And now one thing there you mentioned about supermarkets, I mean, the reality is what probably is happening is that those people are maybe Airbnb or renting someplace. If they are visiting Killarney, they're having drinks in a house that they've purchased from an off-license somewhere and then they're getting the late booking in certain bars. But by the time they get to that particular bar, they're well on with alcohol. They've had a good feed of alcohol and no matter what food they have in that bar for nine euros, you know, they'll have had their feed of drink at this stage. So when they leave that particular bar, even though if they only had two points for example in that particular bar or less uh, you know that they're in a they're in a particular state and that's what could lead to scenes like this but how do you police that and that's very hard to police it does bring it back to looking at opening more of the wet bars where everything is done in a controlled environment look you made the point John Paul yourself and um, quite simply um, this is something that has happened uh, well before we ever knew what COVID-19 was Um People were, were buying in the supermarkets uh, and going out later in the afternoon or going to nightclubs. You, you've made the point entirely, and, and I, I agree uh, with the sentiments you're making. This is hard to police. And if we are going to have uh, people at every corner to, 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 to have to police this issue, we're, we're losing. You have to look at yourself. If you're inside an establishment or you're inside a place that's breaching uh, guidelines or you're, you're not in a position um, that you're following the advice, you need to get out of it. You need to take your personal responsibility um, to follow the guidelines that are there because if you don't, you're putting others at risk. Yeah, and I think personal responsibility, no matter whatever guidelines were given, that is the big thing that is coming out of everything to do with COVID-19 is personal responsibility. And not only with drink, I think with other uh, parts of society, it's something that we're lacking and we were lacking that long before COVID-19. Anyhow, for the moment, Niall, thanks for joining us this morning. Uh, We'll wait and see what happens uh, out of this. Uh, And I know people, I mean, genuine people in Killarney, the locals themselves, they're on the ground and even in nearby areas uh, on the Cork border, even, I mean, how are locals, I mean, are they worried now over this because a lot of these people would have come into Killarney uh, on the spread of COVID? What's the feeling on the ground there this morning? Of course there is, but look, and this is the issue, it is, everybody needs to treat that either you have COVID yourself or other people have COVID. That's why we follow the guidelines. Wash your hands, wear face masks, all the stuff that has been said before, the hygiene issues, that's why we do it. Because the person who is next to you, the person who you uh, is across the street from you, they all could have COVID. That's the way we need to treat uh, how we deal with COVID-19. So, yes, people are upset. Now, let's be clear. There are people in that video that people have identified that are not from Killarney at all and were on holidays in Killarney and from different parts of, of the country. Um, I don't recognise any locals. I'm not to say that there wasn't any locals there, uh, but I don't and others because people have been looking at the footage. People are worried and upset. We have to take this as a lesson. We have to learn from it and we have to ensure that the likes of this does not happen again. And it's by creating the awareness. I'm not on here this morning to blame anyone that is they are wrong. But I urge people that when they're in the circumstances that they know are not within the guidelines, please walk away, go somewhere else and follow the guidelines for everybody's sake. 
Okay, well, Niall, for the moment, uh, thanks for joining us uh, this morning on that particular issue. As I said, we'll wait and see what happens uh, over the next few days on this. But for the moment, thanks for joining us. Thank you, John Thank Paul. you, Niall. That is uh, Clarny Councillor Niall Kelleher on what has come out over the weekend with that particular video footage. And on that, we got a lot of calls yesterday morning and a lot more this morning on that. First of all, Joe says... Well, it's great to see the crack in Killarney on Saturday night. Everyone enjoying themselves. Why we, the publicans, remain closed. It's shameful that this is happening while pubs remain closed, says Joe. Marie says we were at a wedding at the weekend in Killarney, driving through Killarney on the way home. Uh, They were not out as late because the wedding finished at 11.30 when they were driving near that particular street in Killarney. We saw that parting. It must have been just shortly after 11.30, between 11.30 and 12.30 or so, says Marie. People dancing and the street. You would not think the pubs were closed and we were in the middle of a pandemic uh, says Marie. And also John in Clonakilty says on Killarney what did the government expect after the golf crack in the West? Ireland on another lockdown on the way says John uh, with cases over the last few, 30 days on the rise uh, no deaths though over the last number of days but John says look at Korea where 89,000 cases have come on, uh, on board so uh, he's advising Nefesh to look at another another lockdown says John in Clonakilty while John in North Cork says open the pubs like before 12.30 to 2 on a Sunday and then open them again from 4 and close them at 10 on a Sunday night uh, feels John in North Cork more calls and comments on that we'll get to those as well but on the way we want to discuss why students need to look at their leases and accommodation this year because a lot of those returning to college might not be going actual into the college itself you may be for a day or two days a week but a lot of the learning this semester will be done online we'll discuss that next Record today on C103 text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment 086 103 Now as college students get ready to return to the new season of college many are being advised not to commit to long term leases until they know how many hours a week they will spend on campus Jimmy Fraser is the UCC Student Union Welfare Officer he joins me this morning Good morning to you, Jamie. Good morning, how are you doing? Today? I'm fine, thanks, and thanks for joining us. I mean, first of all, we are aware that some college courses this year, it's going to be a mix of online learning with attendances then to the actual learning hall, be that the lecture hall. Uh, but some of those attendances to the actual college campus could be just one or two days a week. Yeah, that's true. So basically what UCC have done is adopted a blended fashion with regards to this learning experience. Now, that has proved to be extremely difficult for the college but also has made problems for students also as many students as you stated there don't know if they're on campus for even an hour a week that's mind a day you know or two hours a week or three days a week and that has brought up like significant stress with students with regards to the university experience and also with regards to accommodation you know yeah, and for some, maybe if they're in the Cork area, they can think about commuting up and down depending where they're living. But then for others who were far out of Cork or indeed in other counties, that's where the problem lies because commuting wouldn't work for them on a daily basis or for two or three days in that week. So they need to have some options. But if you look at accommodation, for many, as you'll know, Jim, you have to take out a year or six months. There's no option of just having a day here and there. So that's where the confusion, that's where the concern lies then, not to be taken out a long lease if you're not going to be there I mean if you're paying a, a huge sum of money uh, for a room that you're not using yeah no 100% but that's unfair on students you know so basically yeah the delayed re- releasing of timetables has added extreme stress as I said earlier you know and I myself would deal with a lot of accommodation queries from students and I don't feel comfortable advising students to commit to any long term lease agreement um, 
because just the unpredictability of the near future, you know, and just the financial burden, as you said earlier, that you suffer with accommodation, you know. There's been a significant proliferation of the prices in the accommodation sector in Cork over the past number of years, which has added uh, to an extreme fuel of stress and anxiety to students here. So, like, I suppose what I'm just saying is students just to try and look after yourselves during it as well, look after yourself and just the landlords as well, you know, just to show understanding and compassion to students who want to rent a room, you know. Yeah, why, by the way, are the timetables delayed this year? Is it because of everything going on or is, is this the norm? Well, I suppose, uh, in, in a sense, uh, they're not delayed this year because they're usually, uh, uh, you don't usually get your timetable to a lot later period than this. But however, due to the changing circumstances in the whole COVID-19 pandemic, you know, there's been a lot more ambiguity for students in, in this sphere, you know. So yeah. basically, um, students want to know their timetables, students deserve to know their timetables, and students should have their timetables. But basically, what UCC have done centrally is led it up to the heads of departments within the college um, to do this. But now, obviously, that brings up different precautions with regards to every department. You know, you might have chemistry with labs who need to be social distanced, or you might have medicine, or you might have, you know, accounting and stuff like that. So basically, it's up to each department. And some department heads, it's worth noting, have worked extremely hard and been absolutely fantastic in providing transparency to students, you know? Yeah, and I mean, for, for the accommodation side of things and from a UCC point of view, I mean, could you advise those who are going to be on campus for maybe a day or maybe four or five hours a week, uh, could they maybe look at B&Bs as an option and go down that route for the first few months? Well, I suppose, you know, at one, on one hand, you could look at that as being a really good option. But on the other hand is that students shouldn't have to go through the stress of trying to book an Airbnb every week, you know, and Airbnbs bring up bring certain problems also with kind of with price and stuff like that you know and then if we see a big demand press on the Airbnb sector will prices then rise in that so it's, it's kind of a conundrum really in one mm. sense but um, I just suppose what my overarching message would be would just be for the university heads to provide more clarity to students I think Yeah and would landlords I mean uh, overall are landlords working with students have you heard uh, from those maybe who were used to dealing with students year on year out are they working with them this year to provide different cases for when they do come and look at rooms to say okay you can be here two or three days a week and we we won't charge you the full rate has has that come up yet from any landlords or are you hearing Um, that on on the ground there as yet? Yeah well I suppose I can't talk from the perspective of every landlord in the college area but from what I've seen no landlord has uh, given that sort of leniency to students you know and I understand that landlords have a market also maybe that landlord that might be as well as living you know is trying to get that house but uh, get that house paid for but at the same time you know it's really the students are human beings at the end of the day and you know that there is extreme amount of stress in this climate you know and I've also dealt with a number of cases where landlords are actually trying to get students to pay the whole year's rent up front as they're in fear of a second lockdown and that's just horrendous I think you know of course, yeah, because if something else happens that way with a lockdown, then you're, you're, you're caught in that particular situation and you, yeah, you, can, you I, could be caught in the house, so you can't go home, or vice versa. That's exactly it, I suppose. You know, and as I said earlier, I know landlords need to make a living, but at the same time, students are human beings and students deserve to be treated as such, you know. And also, when we speak about college life, Jamie, a lot of us will realise that it's, you know, it's time for, for recreational and enjoying yourselves as well. It's all about studying, but that won't be happening this year on campus. So for the likes of those who do move a, to, to the city that, of their choice, for example, Cork, uh, to enjoy college life, there won't be much going on this year. There won't know that, and that has that have a significant impact. You know, in a study done by the Director of Student Experience here in 2017, it showed that, like, around one-fifth of students were suffering from isolation already. And with that and COVID, with well, over 60% of students losing their jobs, that is going to even accentuate, you know, with financial worry, number one, and, you know, the student experience, number two. And, you know, I remember when I was in first year here in UCC, and, you know, 
actually being on campus and you know making friends with that was I learned more from my friends than I did in the college you know and like and that is like significantly significantly hard for students who are starting this year so like I suppose we're with clubs and societies as well and and the students union here we're working really hard to try and make an online presence for students and I know that's not the same but we're trying as, as hard as we can, you know? Yeah, because you need to make your new friends when you arrive to a new city or a new area, so it's going to be tougher yeah. uh, without that face-to-face contact. And very finally, and oh, have you heard about this within UCC? Uh, but we've got a few calls over the weekend from uh, students who are going back to third level, some for the first time. The third level colleges, it seems anyhow, will be charging the full fees to students. Is that something that you're aware of and that you're working with the colleges there, or, or is that something that isn't on the radar within UCC? Um, yeah, well, I suppose I would be aware of it. And, uh, I suppose uh, with regards to that, that's kind of set by the Higher Education Authority of Ireland in third level. So the Minister for Education came out the last day and talked about this, um, stating that universities can still charge you 3000 Now, I suppose I can, what I can work to do is on the ground to raise awareness about this and provide clarity on it. But I suppose that would be more the Union Students of Ireland job on a national level. But we have been engaging with the Union Students of Ireland to try and come up with some sort of way that we can camp that we can campaign against this, you know, because I suppose at the same time students are not getting all the amenities that they would in a normal year. So I suppose it's something looking at. And plus already is that that Ireland has the highest um, third-level institution fees in Europe already. So, you know, it's something that further work needs to be done on. It's something that past work has gone into. And it's just something that we all collectively as a a country need to look at and analyse, you know. Very true. Well, for the moment, uh, Jamie, thanks for joining us on that and we'll, we'll see and wait what happens over the next few weeks regarding uh, college courses and accommodation and indeed those fees. But thanks for joining us this morning. That is Jamie Fraser there, who is the UCC Students' Union Welfare Officer on those issues. A warning there to those as well who maybe for the first time are attending college and you're heading into your uh, first life in college or in the city. Uh, and you're wondering about accommodation and obviously for a lot of people and a good point Jamie made there if we were to go back into lockdown then are you stuck in at that particular house uh, or, or what is the situation a lot of questions would be answered there on that but beware if you are going to college and speak to the landlords on that situation if in ex- for example you are only on campus for four to five hours a week maybe it affects you let us know 1850 text or whatsapp 0862103103 and just going back to the issue in Killarney for the moment because a lot of calls coming in on that a lot of people uh, reacting to this and have mixed views on what came out from that footage in Killarney of those people on the street dancing and that guy dancing on top of an old telephone box now home to a defibrillation machine uh, John said says, what do they expect? Months of do this and do that. Nobody was hurt. No property damage. I bet all those who were back to wearing face masks, or I bet all those who were there uh, this weekend are back now to wearing their face masks this morning and they're all obeying the law. While James says any of them councillors that are on condemning all of this behaviour, are they also condemning the behaviour of their bosses up in Clifton last weekend? Says James. And Aidan says, well, maybe if the pubs were open, then this would not happen. Uh, your views are welcome. 1850 333103 or indeed text or WhatsApp 086 On the way after C103 News at 11, we are going to be discussing and hearing from the village of Ballingiri in Midcork and why they are against any more wind farms planned for their area. Good morning to you. 1850 Lines are open. You can text or WhatsApp 086 And back to the issue that we discussed there at the start of the programme with uh, local councillor in Killarney 
Kilkenny councillor Noel Kelleher. Uh, this is in relation to the video that circulated across the weekend from Killarney. And while we got a number of calls yesterday, uh, more calls this morning on that, this particular footage was of people who were parting and dancing and singing on the street. And one guy then uh, got up and started dancing on top of an old telephone box now, which holds and is home to a defibrillation machine. Well, on that, a number of calls and comments coming in. First of all, Mary says, while I do not condone the carry-on in Killarney on Saturday, it could not happen at any time before COVID. The government have got it wrong and are, or she says it could have happened any time before COVID. The government have got it wrong and are to be blamed for this happening. Keeping the wet pubs closed and then people are drinking in their apartments and then they book a late meal just to get more drink outside. There is nowhere for young people to go, like a nightclub to dance the night away. Uh, for Mary, she says, I am an owner of Greyhounds. I had a dog racing on Saturday night in Cork. We had the stand outside all night until my race. It was very cold. Now I got a cup of tea for free. Mary says big deal. In England all the pubs are open. What's their problem here? Asks Mary to 86 On WhatsApp someone says uh, can somebody ask the Healy Rays and Michael Collins after the weekend is there much between Dame Street and where we all live it's happening all over Ireland just not in Dublin says that particular person on WhatsApp while another JP in Cork City says can you ask well he's gone off the line but when we were speaking to Null uh, did he see the video of a fight as well in Killarney over the weekend that was all on social media another disgraceful scene I do love Killarney myself but I would not go there while we have this virus. Somebody else asking, could these people be identified and prosecuted? Well, yes, they can easily be identified from the video. Uh, prosecuted, I'm not too sure, uh, but the video that is circulating, you will, if you know the people, you will clearly identify them from those videos on social media uh, that are doing the rounds at the moment. Um, but, you know, again, it's all down to data protection and everything like that. Or in Mill Street says, I'm, I'm going, I was in Killarney last Wednesday. I travelled from Mill Street with my girl uh, to see the amount of people drinking with no masks and not sanitising their hands in everywhere I went to was frightening. No wonder COVID-19 will return with a vengeance, says Or. I'm frightened to go there now. It is a nice place, but these irresponsible people are putting everyone at risk. I don't think I'll go there for a while, says Or. And another texter asking, I was in Killarney at the weekend and a Jarvie passed with passengers in the back. No masks, no social distancing there. And there were six of them. I'm not sure of the rules on that, but are they going by the restaurant rules that you're, if they're all from, if they are, maybe I don't know who those people were, maybe they're all the one family uh, and that could be the case. And if that is the case, well, if they're living together, uh, they're okay to do that. But then I'm not too sure, I presume the Jarvie was wearing masks uh, and was there uh, a, a good distance between them and the person who was, well, usually there isn't, but I'm not too sure what the rules are for Jarvie's. Uh, but those particular passengers, we need to know exactly about them. Uh, were they all from the one house? Uh, were they, you know, is it going on the rule you have for restaurants? Uh, I'll have to look into that one for you. While Meg on what happened is saying, leadership in this country, Meg says, ha ha ha, no wonder young people are parting. We had to grip, uh, we had a grip at the, on the virus at the start, she says, but then we were all encouraged to travel. So that's what happened, says Meg. While Jack in Skibbereen says, they stopped the people from going in to watch GAA matches, but there was nothing about two teams of players in close contact on the pitch. Now we are hearing all the fuss about people on the streets drinking. 
What is the difference between the players on the pitch and the people in Killarney? Asks Jack in Skibbereen, while John says the activities in Killarney over the weekend are just shocking. I'm seriously questioning why the Gardaí didn't act on it. Well, the Gardaí said they did act on it. The video clip was a short clip from the overall activities and they did arrive to the scene a number of minutes after that, according to uh, Councillor Kelleher, who we had on earlier on. But John says uh, the Gardaí were saying over the weekend that they found it hard to police whether people were buying nine euro meals or not. So why did they not intervene with that carry on? Well, again, uh, the Gardaí did arrive and they did intervene later after that particular video. And that was just a snapshot. The video that was went viral was a snapshot of what happened there within a few minutes in Killarney. Uh, more of your comments on that situation. We'll get back to that shortly. But I want to move on to other topics that are coming into us. First of all, Ellen uh, on text. Ellen wants to know, uh, because she's been called for jury duty, uh, but she's over the age of 70. Now, she doesn't want to attend because, and even going on the advice, if you're over 70, you're supposed to restrict your movement still. Uh, so within that, she doesn't want to go. I would presume, Ellen, on that, and because the government advice is still active for those over 70, if you ring uh, whoever, uh, I presume on the letter, it will say who you call or contact. If you make contact with them and explain that to them, I'm sure they would understand that, that you were over 70 and because of everything going on you do not want to attend jury duty because of COVID-19 and they are saying the the powers that be are saying that if you're over 70 you're due to restrict your movement so I would presume you're in your right to say that to them I know anybody that's been called for jury duty it's very hard to get out of it you kind of just have to do it unless your employer has a very good reason that they need you to work Uh, you can't actually you know it's very hard to get out and not go and attend it but I presume in your situation wherever the letter came from I'm sure there's a number or or something on the letter I would contact them and explain that to them because you are within your right if you're over 70 you have been asked to restrict your movement so I would presume they would take that into account Uh, try that and let us know anybody else in the know uh, let us know as well 1850 and a texter here who signs off saying a worried father and this is something that happened this morning in Mill Street regarding speed. Uh, this person says I was trying to cross the road at the credit union in Mill Street this morning at around 20 to 8 and the speed of the cars going through the town from the Mallow side and out the McCroom Road was frightening. Something will have to be done before someone will get knocked down. The speed limit is 50k through the town of Mill Street but no one this morning was obeying it. There should be speed bumps like coming into Bantier Village as the schools are back today and I'm a worried parent and a father. Uh, anybody else notice this in Mill Street this morning? Uh, speed, have you noticed that? Are you living in Mill Street and do you notice the speed that cars, especially this morning seemingly were going through? Maybe it's every morning. Uh, maybe people are back to work now and you know, dropping children off the childminders in, in a, a further rush than they would have been over the last number of months. Is that one of the reasons? Uh, but this particular text are saying we need speed bumps in Mill Street. Do you agree with him? And is the speed in Mill Street gone out of control? No one obeying the 50k zone there in Mill Street. Let us know on text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103. Or indeed, you can call Bernie and Sadie on 1850 333 103.
Uh, back to Killarney first of all on this uh, one more texter saying what happened in Killarney began in Clifton I would not be surprised if we see more of it it all started with the politicians they are the ones to blame and I mentioned there about the banks and how the banks now have gone to the central bank and looking at more ways to charge and looking for new bank charges to be introduced well I, and other consumer groups have mentioned they're fearful that they could introduce you know, where we all tap, they could introduce a charge or, or higher charges for uh, tapping your card, be that in the shop or the restaurant or wherever, as more of us use our debit cards or credit cards now rather than using cash. As Texter here says, banks, of course, will get in with the tapping fees. They are another ripoff after bringing the country to its knees in the last recession. Of course, they will try this. Well, hopefully not. And I know consumer groups will be watching with interest on that. Uh, we'll have to wait and see uh, what comes out. Hopefully, hopefully not that we won't be charged more for tapping as a lot of people feel that's all we have at the moment when it comes to paying when people don't want to revert the cash. Anyhow, your views are welcome. Uh, more of those coming in and we'll get through more of those calls regarding what happened in Clarny over the weekend. Uh, Bernie or Sadie taking your calls 1850-333-103 text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103 but why is one village in Balangiri why do they not want more wind farms in the area? We'll discuss that with them next. Balangiri is no stranger to wind farms and wind turbines with a number already nearby but the local community are waiting on a decision about another wind farm project and a proposed battery unit. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box and if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. 
Lucy from the Guggenbara Hotel joins me on this. Good morning to you, Neil. Morning, JV. How are you today? I'm fine, and thanks for joining Good. us this morning. Now, as I mentioned earlier, anybody who was used to travelling across Mid Cork will be well used to seeing the wind turbines on the hills, whether you're going from Mill Street to Dunamore or if you're going from Bween to Coachford, wherever you're going, you, you, you'll see them. And similar is the situation there in Ballingiri. Do you feel as a community at this stage that enough is enough and you've too many there in your area? I think um, um, if you, with, with, with all that is planned and all that is in place already, if you stand at any household in Ballangiri, you'll actually see a windmill or hear a windmill if you don't exactly see it. Um, even here in Gugan last night, the ones from the, the Kerry side, the Grossmont, which are 2.4 kilometres away from now, we can't actually see them from the hotel, but you could hear all night long, you could hear the home, home, home of a windmill. So if you don't see them, you can hear them. They're, they're near you, you know. So and is that home always there or is it worse at other times of the day or evening or, or what's the situation with that? Depends Depends on the airflow. Last night, we last two nights, three nights actually, we had the, 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 an orderly draft coming in. So that's bringing in the sound. If it's the westerlies we're in, you won't hear it. But um, somebody else is going to hear it as such. But uh, last night with, the, with, the, with that northerly breeze coming in from Kerry, which is the other side of the mountain where we can see them, um, you can still hear them. And of course, everybody comes here for the peace and quiet and all of a sudden you can hear this home, 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 all night long, like to the pain, you know. Yeah, and, yeah. and with, with this new project, so if you already have that in place where you are, uh, this new project, it's going to be on, on a hill uh, which is more or less overlooking Ballingiri. So are you, am I right in saying that if you were in the village, you can actually, you will be able to see these new planned wind exactly. turbines? Exactly. No, the good news is planning has been stopped on these, has been refused. And is that just a, a breaking story? Uh, this is a breaking story. We, oh. all, we all got letters on, on, on Friday afternoon to say the, the planning has been re- refused and refused on um, a, tourism, a tourism basis as such um, mm. because the turbine, turbine is this, uh, what they're actually what they're plan, what, what is, what the planning application was put up seven turbines there. Um, some of those turbines from, from base to tip were going to be 178.5 metres tall, which are going to be huge. Um, they, were put, they were going to be put in place where there was um, a former wind farm before um, that was taken down two or three years ago. Now, that wind farm went to fire a number of years ago and it burnt the forestry and burnt the mountain up there as well. But the new plan then was to put up seven of these, of these turbines and to put up a battery storage unit as well. Um, now, the turbines were one concern. The, the battery storage is, 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 is also a huge concern because um, we, we even, even a Tesla car takes 3,000 gallons of water to quench, not to mind the battery storage for a wind farm. So this was all, this was all in the plan. Now, when you look at the when you come and leaving, say, Ballangiri, heading towards Gugan, the, the mountain directly behind Gugan is called Foylestokine, and the, the tips of these um, propellers on the, on the windmill on the windmills were going to be the same height as that mountain. So they were going to be huge in the landscape. But common sense prevails. Um, there's a great... Christopher uh, Bill and Garrick and, and, and the, and the, the Cord Loss Wind Farm group have all come together and they all, they all put submissions. And, and then on one side you have... Um, Cork County Council, pure Cork, promoting tour- tourism this area. Cork County Council trying to develop tourism this area. Fault Ireland trying to develop. And the other side then, there was, there, was, there was wind developed that was going to counteract tourism as such. So common sense prevailed. And they, they viewed that uh, with the County Development Plan of 2014, it was recognised that Guggenbarra is one of the 17 key tourist attractions of national importance and famous for its extensive cycling routes and walkways, including pilgrim paths, etc., etc. So on that, on, on the fact of that, this is one of the, we'll say, key iconic tourism areas in, in, in this part of the county. Um, and the next one would be, say, Glengariff Bantry. So it's kind of isolated in a way, so common sense did prevail.
in this situation. And with regards to, as you say, it's not going ahead, it's been refused. Is that it though? I mean, it's been refused. Is it from the council you got the letters from or where did the letters come from? We got, we got the, 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 the letters from the council on Friday evening which is which is good news it's a great great start and and there's no way that this can go elsewhere you know sometimes you'd hear the council have refused it but then some other body has come in and decided to look at planning again is that the end of the story do you it think could, on that they have they have the, the option for appeal is all there in that letter as well um, for, for, for everybody but the the strength really one of the strengths that we actually have is that within the county development plan it is that is a key a tourist attraction of national importance it is is very very strong wording and that, that might defend us in the future not to mind all the other issues that are, yeah. that are with wind farms and noise and everything what goes with it you know and does that include the battery unit as well here that, that is a question that is not exactly clear because I think they may they may apply for that again that may go ahead. That may go, go ahead for that area. And that was a huge concern for people in Sleeve Lucra and Ballydesmond last year. I presume it is a big concern for you guys because of the, a number of reports as well. You mentioned fire there. Uh, there was reports linked to uh, battery units over the years in various parts of the world. So uh, is that something I presume your campaign will, will continue on with? Oh, definitely, yeah. Because it, we, we were watching that because there was those two different plannings went in it. They changed location. And they're using uh, Quilter property uh, in the area. So it's not, it's not private land owner ownership is, is, is in that place you know so we'll have to keep an eye on what they get up to um, the, the battery storages are a concern because they, they, they do pose quite a health risk I mean with the last windmill set going fire up there I mean who's, who knows what a battery storage unit could do in that area um, nothing is particularly safe and, and it, in one sense it's rural it's up on top of a mountain it's quite but I mean as we're, we're, we're not the closest to it we're 2.4 kilometres away from it but there's a lot more households that would be much much closer to it um, and in comparison a Tesla car I mean it takes 3,000 gallons of water to put that out not to mind a battery storage for a 38 kilovolt wind farm so it's a, it, 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 there's a lot to think about it you know there is yeah. and when we mentioned there uh, by the way we have contacted the company as well involved in this we haven't received anything back from them but I did ask them for a statement on Friday afternoon and as yet I haven't heard from them on that uh, but in relation there earlier you mentioned about tourism and pure cork and how Ballingiri and that area in Gugan is earmarked for, earmarked for the future when it comes to tourism uh, if these went ahead where you are there in Gugan Barra everybody knows that area of, of the church and the beautiful lakes there in Gugan I mean you could see it from the village of Balangiri. Would those wooden farms and turbines have been visible from where you are there outside Gugambara Hotel? This, at this particular point on this side of the lake here where we are, where the, where the church is located, where our business is as well, you won't see the windmills. But just even in comparison, the other side of the mountain on the other side of the lake, we could hear the windmills last night. But once you go a quarter of a mile out of Gugambara on any one of the routes, on the cycle routes, on the walkways mm. or anything, you will see, you will see all these windmills. And the, the ones that were proposed, though, would they have been seen? They would from, have been seen. They would have been seen. A quarter mile out here, yeah. Or even from the other side of the lake, they would be seen. But I mean, they were, they were pitching their planning, saying that you won't see it from the church and you won't see it from this lakeside as such and from the forest park itself. That This is what they were pitching at. But I mean, that's under the shadow of the, of the mountain as such. Yeah, and then with tourism, I mean, if this was to go ahead, do you think it would have damaged tourism or do you ever hear back from guests then with the existing wind turbines that are in the area? Is it something guests mention after they leave? Um, it's, 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 we spoke to Paul Turland about that and, and the reaction is from, we'll say, certain visitors, they decided that, you know, they're, 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 they're part of our landscape, they're part of our future. But I mean... 
with all the photographs that they take of Guganbara and the environment and the promotions that they use from here. I mean, you couldn't exactly promote it with seven large wind turbines on the left-hand side of the photograph. It just kind of wouldn't work right. Um, so, and even even the the, the lovely walk, the Bearbreathly walk, the Schlegeltik Fuskri, that that route coming over, um, that as well would be would have become a windmill walk. You'd be walking under windmills from here, um, to from from Kilkil coming towards Gugan. You'd be walking from um, out of Ballingeri because you have the Clane Raw um, um, and the Rock windmills up there as well. And then once you go over into the Mill Street area, that's all windmills as well. So it would have become rather than being called Schlegeltik Fuskri, it'd have been called the windmill walk. So it's they're they're not the nicest things to walk under as well because I mean they're they're visually strong they, they there's light distraction from them there is a lot of sound off them as well so it's it's not a pleasant walking experience it's not what, it's not what the visitor wants. Yeah, so, well, good news in a way, I suppose, anyhow, that you've got those letters and confirmed this morning that the council have uh, said no to planning for the wind farms. You'll have to wait and see what happens, I suppose, for the battery units. Uh, interesting, uh, Neil, I was uh, watching over the weekend on TV, RT year launching their winter season, and one of the dramas they're launching is uh, supposed to be from the west of Ireland, uh, a fictional village they have, but it's the whole village together objecting to wind farms. So it's interesting that even from a drama side of things, they recognise that it is a big issue uh, on the west of Ireland. So I'm sure it's something that will will happen not only in, in Ballingiri but elsewhere over the next while. Before I let you go, Neil, we mentioned tourism. How is tourism going this year? I mean, your area there, a beautiful part of Cork in the Gugan Barra Hotel and that wider area. Have you had a busy season? I was there about a month ago. It was a lot busier than it would have been in a, in a usual summer. Um, tours, we, 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 we're happy with where we are. Um, we've had July and August have come good. And I will actually thank uh, the, the efforts of everybody that put all this protocol in place, the team as well that are actually here, but Fault Ireland, Pure Cork, Cork County Council, everybody, all the small community groups within, within West Cork, everywhere that have been. Cork has, Cork, West Cork and Cork County have done well as staycation areas. Um, we have been overrun at times with, with what we call the COVID traffic, but that is that is a lot of people trying to get out in the air and get into the Forest Park and that. But I mean, uh, July August has 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 been really has been really really good, better than we actually expected. Um, but there is there is a concern then as we go into September and into October, which is kind of the tail of our season where where that's going to go. Um, but I think I think we'll I think we'll be okay. I think we should we should be able to do it. And there's there's more things coming into place now that'll help us along. But um, 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 tourism is like there is not we would I suppose between us and Cronin's Cafe next door within this side of the Lee Valley we'd be the biggest employers in the valley um, in the Lee Valley all the way to McCroom so I mean it's something that we must protect and, and, and nurture and try and keep going for the future Indeed yeah. and then when we see the scenes from Killarney over the weekend on Saturday night not too far away for, from us here either uh, is that something that worries you then that the whole southwest area if something like this comes out and people are afraid to go to a certain area that it could have a ripple off effect? I think I I think I there's, there's a bit of common sense in play there as well that that they know that um, because people are under a certain amount of restriction that they they are bursting with enthusiasm and energy and they want to get out. So I mean, it's, certain flashes of that are going to come up in in different areas all during the summer, and it does raise the concern. But it does in another way then create a talking group and 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 people can 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 raise their 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 voices, and then we can put something else in place to stop to stop that happening. Um, so where there's an action, where there's an action, you need a reaction, and then you need to action for the future again. So see can we stop this or see how could we actually work around and, and, and get these young people into a more controlled environment rather than on the street side um, so their thoughts for the future Yeah very true well, for the moment Neil thanks for joining us uh, this morning and we'll wait and, and see if there's I any one, appeals for those I'd, wind farms I one last little detail yeah. to go um, 
the, the you were talking about that that that, pro, that new program that's coming out on RTE, yeah, yeah. um, the Christian Forward by Long Eric, um, just want to thank them because they've been absolutely brilliant. And there's a Corrie Gloss Wind Farm Group as well, and a Duroc, um, 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 a Duroc and Clean Raw Wind Group, and they they're also having successes with their with their planning over there. So um, we must work together, and rather than using, we'll say, if we could develop more community-based upwards energy saving our energy creation units rather than, than large companies coming here and, and bearing down on top of us that we could actually do way way better so maybe that it would the future that let, let's start with community based upwards rather than the forceful organisations downwards and we might we might be able to make a better environment for everybody Very true yeah. good point Neil. good point uh, thank you for joining us this Pleasure. morning and best thank of luck you. good to chat and Neil Lucy there from the Goo Barra Hotel uh, on their issue well good news for the moment there for them with that wind farm now as letters they got on Friday evening confirmed this morning uh, that the council have uh, for, the, for the planning there denied planning for those particular wind farms but also they must check in on what's happening with that battery unit there for that area uh, but uh, overall happy there now in uh, Balangiri area regarding uh, the future of those wind turbines now it looks like unless there's appeal that they won't be going ahead in that particular area on wind turbines a texter here says uh, the countryside is ruined from those unsightly turbines people in all parts of Ireland are being bullied by the fat cats our health and safety is being put at risk and yet more fat cats are coming here building wind turbines and wind farms this whole carry on is about power as in wealth and money not power supply as you can have lots of other ways to do that for example example, put those turbines out to sea, uh, says that particular texter. And something totally different to this is to do with farmers markets. Uh, Anna is on to us and Anna said she went to her local farmers market at the weekend. She goes there every weekend and she noticed that some of the stall holders were quite upset last weekend. Now, uh, she was chatting to them and the reason they were upset is because a lot of the crowd that were visiting were not wearing face masks. It also bothered Anna uh, as she was leaving the particular market and she's saying a lot of people notice that, that people are not wearing face masks in maybe shops or indeed in farmers markets and are people slipping up when it comes to uh, the regulations and the restrictions with COVID-19 particularly though to do with face masks have you noticed that? Are you noticing less people now when they're in the, the shops are uh, letting the guard slip with regards to face masks but especially outside and outside areas such as farmers markets uh, and is saying stallholders upset in her local farmers markets a lot of people not wearing a face coverings at the weekend. Your views are welcome. 1850 Text or WhatsApp 86 On the way, we're going to speak to a abandoned woman who has recovered from cancer, but now she wants to give back to the Cork Cancer Care Charity. We'll speak with her and on her embarking a 10k walk daily to support that particular charity next. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Court today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086 2103103. Many cancer patients are being extra cautious at the moment during the pandemic, but also realise that services do need help. Helena O'Brien from Bandon joins me as she embarks on a fundraiser for the Cork Cancer Care Centre. Uh, good morning to you, Helena. Good morning. And thanks for joining us this morning. Now, I know you've joined us before on the show, maybe earlier this year, um, and you were embarking on a a different walking challenge then. This is another one, a 10K daily challenge. But just uh, first of all, a reminder of your own journey with cancer, Helena. So in May 2019, um, I was diagnosed with stage two breast cancer. And I then commenced seven months of aggressive treatments. 
um, which included chemotherapy, two lumpectomies, radiotherapy. Um, so it was it was a lot to take in within the seven months, but thankfully I've come out the other side and I began a healing journey, or what I refer to as my healing journey, on the 2nd of January with 100 days of walking. Um, so I... I've I've gone through it all and thankfully I'm out the other side now at this stage and I wanted to give back for everything I'd received from the incredible Cork Cancer Care Centre. Because it's a very worrying time Helena and anybody that has been through cancer or knows someone who has been on that particular journey knows the worry that not only the person that's going through it faces but also the entire family are worried and sometimes and I'm sure you'll agree with this Helena you worry more about your family or your friends who are worrying about you than you do yourself. Oh, 100%. Uh, I have a five-year-old little girl and I didn't realise how much she was even worried about me until January of this year when she was like, Mommy, are you better now? And then, of course, with COVID and everybody saying how dangerous it was, she's only five, but she still realised this is something that's really serious. Mommy could get sick again. And, you know, she she went back to school last Thursday and her comment to me was, "Um, Mommy, this year you have hair on your head. Last year I was bald. So, you know, for for family, uh, they they really do worry, but you don't realise the extent. But you're always trying to protect them by not telling them exactly what's going on. So you need to talk to people who are either going through it or have been through it or counsellors about, you know, it's, it's funny when you sit in front of a counsellor, it's never about, oh, woe was me, I got cancer. Well, it wasn't for me and for people I've spoken with. Um, it's more to do with, okay, what type of life did I lead before cancer? And what can I change now? So, you know, it's, yeah, it, it's very interesting how it affects the other people, but how much you try and protect them from it while you're going through the treatment. Yeah, and you mentioned COVID there. I mean, was it a worry when your child was going back to school with everything spoken about COVID and children and everybody returning to classrooms? Was that a worry for you? Uh do you know, I've been asked that question a lot over the last week. And for me, uh, I'm one of these people. I'm always glass half full, look at the positive, don't manifest the negative. Um, so Abigail goes to an incredible primary school who the teachers, you just, you have such trust in them um, that I wasn't concerned because I knew they wouldn't bring the kids back until they were ready. And they didn't. Um, but naturally, there's always going to be concerns. Always. It doesn't matter. Like, I don't care how secure you feel in anything. There's always going to be worry. But I just keep having to believe that this is not going to land on our doorstep um, simply because I have a weak immune system and I don't know how my body would react to it. Um, But everybody, regardless of cancer or not, is in the same position. None of us know how our bodies will react to it. So, you know, it's not just cancer patients and it's interesting, you know, I suppose I get to sit in front of medical professionals a lot more than the average Joe Soap and every single time they've learned more about the virus and they've learned more about the type of people that it affects and stuff like that. So um, I just have to put faith in the system and let life, just live life the best I can and with my family and friends and just enjoy it and not put life on hold because this is the new norm for now and you know, I have been in isolation for a year, over a year. So for me, COVID, it just, it gave me a sense of relief when the government announced everybody has to wear masks. 
because I just said, okay, that's good. Because, you know, when it comes to flu season and cancer patients, we're all about masking up and sanitizer and everything. So people are just getting a hint of what, what a cancer patient has had to go through. Yeah, that's true. And what do you make of people? Because you're right, you have to trust I me. Mean, your, your your daughter needs an education, so you have to trust in yeah. the education sector and indeed in the schools and everybody is doing the best they can. Does it make you angry so when you hear people who are objecting to wearing masks and saying it's wrong and that they're you know objecting to doing this because of human liberties and all of that? I mean, does that, does that worry you when people say that as a cancer patient? Who, as you say, anybody who has gone through it knows that this is the norm, especially within a hospital environment. Look, Everybody is entitled to their opinion in life. It doesn't matter. Um, what somebody's opinion is, what's important is my own. And I have walked out of a shop when I have gone in and seen people in there without a mask on. I've turned around and I've walked out because I would rather protect myself and my family than take the risk of going into that shop. And I think what's very difficult is people who don't want to wear a mask that are still going out and not putting one on, they're not considering the people around them. And that's just my opinion. They're not considering the people that are working inside the shops um, that have to deal with somebody every day. Because if one person or three people or five people walk into that shop, they cough, they sneeze, they do whatever, or they, you know, they spit as they speak, um, they're putting people at risk if they've contracted COVID. But it's the same thing as if you have a cold and you go out in public and you sneeze and it projects in front of you. You know, people are going to run the risk of picking up that virus. But everybody's entitled to their own opinion. For me, it's huge peace of mind knowing that people have to wear a mask or should be wearing a mask. That's huge peace of mind. And personal responsibility, as you mentioned, is a big thing. I mean, I know from the Killarney at the weekends when we saw the scenes uh, on the streets from Killarney, I mean, when you're being so careful, does that worry you? Or again, is it a case of if you were in the area, well, I wouldn't walk down there because it's, again, personal responsibility? Yeah, and that's exactly it. When I, somebody sent me that video yesterday morning, actually, and the, the comment I sent back to them was, oh, my God. Well, if I was in Killarney, I wouldn't be walking down the street and I'd be nervous about going back. And that, that for me, I actually feel sorry for the businesses in Killarney because, you know, I'm hearing on the radio this morning, a lot of people are saying the pubs should take responsibility, et cetera, et cetera. But it's personal responsibility, regardless of what age you are. You know, I mentioned my daughter before. She went into school this morning and the first thing she did was touch the hand sanitizer, even though I had just put it on her hands before she went in. It's it's routine, it's it's personal responsibility and we can educate anybody of any age for personal responsibility. Very true. And you know, speaking of responsibility and people looking after themselves, while you were going through your journey, uh, the Cork Cancer Care Centre were very good and very supportive to you and they provided a support to everybody in the area who goes on their cancer journey. Just tell us about the kind of support they offered you at your time going through that particular journey. Well, October last year, I actually started uh, attending the Cork Cancer Care Centre. I met uh, Linda Goggin James. She's the general manager of the centre, an incredible woman. And I was very concerned about the type of support that I would need because somebody had said to me, you know, it's really advisable that you get counselling and you're going through treatment. But I didn't feel I needed at that point. And then as chemo was coming to an end, I, I really started to reflect upon okay, what do I need now to get better? Because it wasn't just the the physical, what what you could see, like the chemo, like the operations. It was more to do with mentally how, how I was coping with having gone through treatment for cancer, you know, even the initial diagnosis, etc. Um, so I met with her and she paired me with this incredible uh, counsellor, Jennifer. 
Jennifer Denise Malone is her name. And I remember the first day I met Jennifer, I said, I don't think you're going to be able for me at all because I'm a very strong character. But my God, did she put manners on me. <laughs> she was amazing, absolutely amazing. And even during COVID, I have continued to have my weekly counselling with Jennifer, either by Skype or by Zoom or whatever. And, you know, there's volunteers that work for the, that go in and support the the warriors, um, such as Jennifer and other counsellors. There's people that have done holistic treatments. They can't do them at the moment because of COVID, but I've experienced some wonderful treatments at the hands of some amazing therapists inside in that centre over the last 10 months. Um, but it's not even just that. It's being able to go in and have a cup of coffee and sit in what I call the, the living room, the home away from home, um, where you can have a cup of tea or coffee with fellow warriors and talk about your experiences, talk about your concerns. You know, have, as as we say, having the chats with people who just get it, that you don't have to explain yourself. You just, you're just in company with people who understand where you, what you're going through, where you've been, and potentially what the journey is going to be like for you in the future. And that, for me, has been incredible. And I stayed in touch with Linda throughout COVID and everything. And then one day I just messaged her and I said, you know, how are you guys in relation to funding? Because I was very conscious that I always knew they would do a number of events throughout the year. Um, a lot of people like it that would go with uh, supermarkets and dedicate their bag shopping um, funds to the centre. Coffee mornings were a huge part of the fundraising. And she said, look, we're seriously back. And I asked her as of Thursday or Friday last week, what are you back since lockdown? And she told me it's €48,000. And my jaw dropped because I knew it was a lot, but I didn't expect it to be as much as that. So I was not only delighted that I had chosen the charity, but every cent that I'm raising, it's going to allow, it's going to help them keep the doors open, help pay bills, and for future people who are diagnosed with cancer, to have that safe haven, it's really hard to put it into words. It really and truly is. But I'm at €1,750 as of last count this morning. I'd love to raise €5,000. The fund is going to stay open until the end of September. And, you know, it would make such a massive difference. And I was the type of person who never thought this would land on my door. I felt like I was at the height of my career. I was really happy. I had just bought a new house. You know, I have a gorgeous daughter. I thought this, you know, my life couldn't get much better. And then bang, I was diagnosed with breast cancer at 39 years of age. And my life completely changed. But I needed that safe haven. And it's not until it lands on your doorstep that you realise how important it is for you. And you have set yourself this challenge of walking 10k a day for 30 days, as you mentioned there, to raise 5,000 euros for the Cork Cancer Care Centre. We will share the I Donate page as well on our socials later this afternoon. How is that 10k going for you a day? Well, I actually finished the last one yesterday. Oh, did you? Well done. I did. I did it. No word of a lie. It was the most, oh, how can I put it? challenging experience of my life um, because on the 2nd of January it took me 40 minutes to walk uh, two kilometres like that's the impact that all the chemo and the drugs and everything have on your body because you still have aches and pains and stuff like that but um, yeah you're always building up 
you know, what you once were, I suppose, pre, pre-cancer, pre-treatment. Um, but yeah, I've done it. And I was saying to a friend of mine yesterday, I said, walking 10K now, you know, it's so different in comparison to what that was like on the 1st of August. Of course it um, would be, yeah. Because again, I, a lot of people might not understand that, as you mentioned, the treatments and everything you go through just knocks the hell out of you. And I suppose yes. that's the support you get from the care centre. When you go in there, those understand. If you mention to somebody you're walking 10k a day, they kind of go, well, that's not that hard. But it is in a situation <laughs> when you be going through all that various treatment because chemo, radiotherapy, anything like that will knock you. And it, it will take yeah. a, a few months, a few years. It depends on the person, but it, yeah. it can for many take three, four or five years for somebody to get over yeah. all of this it does it does and I have met people who still suffer now which and it could be five six years I, I the amazing thing actually with all this walking um, because I put it out on social media and I've been so public about it I have started to speak with so many incredible people and some have been touched through their own journey or their family or friend or whatever and one particular lady um, she's 74 years of age she's up in Dundalk and 18 years ago she was diagnosed with breast cancer and she said to me nobody spoke about their cancer journey nobody spoke about healing you know she said you're out there telling people I'm feeling better every day with every step that I take and this is the other reason why I chose to do the walk because if you walk 10 minutes, which is what I did during chemo, I tried to get up and walk 10 minutes a day. It's a massive part because you're you're moving your body and all movement helps your body and it helps you psychologically as well. So, um, yeah, doing the 10K a day, it certainly has been one of the best things I've ever done, one of the best challenges for me personally that I've ever done. And just to be able to raise money for a very worthy cause, you know, I'm I'm very grateful to everybody who's been part of my healing journey from the amazing medical team in the bonds to the guys inside in the Core Cancer Care Centre to, to everyone who's been involved, my family, friends, that I'm able to do this because 12 months ago I was bald and I was in the thick of chemo. Well, you're an inspiration to many who are going through this. As you said, I think the big thing is speaking openly and publicly about it, but also uh, letting people know uh, what an effect the treatment of cancer can have as well, because many may not be aware of that unless they have gone through the journey. And to be so honest, like you were, Helena, really will help so many others who were tuned to us this morning. Uh, the very best of luck to you and also the best of luck to the Cork Cancer Care Centre for the work they do. We will share uh, your link to the I Donate website later so people can donate. And well done Thank on you. that tin case day no easy fate so well done on that thank you so much I really appreciate all your support you mind yourself Alina thanks for joining us thank you you too take care Alina O'Brien there from Bandon uh, on her journey with cancer and why she did the 10k for 30 days for the Cork Cancer Care Centre and the great work they do there for everybody who was going on their cancer journey we will share the links uh, to her donation her I donate page later this afternoon on our C103 socials 1850 333 103 our lines are open Bernie and Sadie taking your calls you can text or WhatsApp 0862103103 Good afternoon to you John Paul McNamara with you until 1 while Bernie and Sadie taking your calls and comments this morning 1850 or indeed text or WhatsApp 0862103103 You can email jp at c103.ie or indeed tweet at c103cork Just going back to a number of issues we raised on the show this morning and this is going back to what happened in Killarney Michael in Castle Tambert on WhatsApp says people should live in hope
hope and with confidence not fear the pain of COVID-19 is imprisoned in the bones of the wet publicans had the wet bars been allowed to reopen Michael says we would not have witnessed the disgusting reckless and insane scenes in Killarney on Saturday night no town or village in Ireland would want to see such outrageous and disrespectful carry on it's sending out all the wrong and damaging signals to our tourism at home and abroad especially the senior people who take their holidays at this time with the kids gone back to school. All they want is to walk the streets in peace and quiet and not in fear of walking into a drinking mob, jumping up on top of telephone boxes, especially those housing defibrillators. Keeping the bars closed will create more of this reckless and sickening street misbehaviour, says Michael. I have been a long advocate, Michael says, for closing liquor off sales, off licence sales outlets. It is more important now than ever uh, that we close these particular outlets, which in turn would help to eliminate the most serious threat of us edging closer to another lockdown. On the issue then, Michael says, of the European Commissioner, it would be unwise to send Minister Simon Coveney to Brussels, taking him out of foreign affairs and Brexit, it would not serve our country best. He says if Leir Vrakerso is not going and he's out of the equation, then Maureen McGuinness ticks all the boxes for Ursula von der Leyen and makes her decision much easier as she needs a female to complete her cabinet gender balance goal. Thanking you, says Michael O'Sullivan in Castletown Bear on WhatsApp to 0862103103. And staying with Killarney for the moment, Chris in Mallow, when uh, people we were speaking earlier with a local Killarney councillor, Niall Kelleher, on this. And uh, the Guardi did arrive on the scene, by the way, to that particular incident in Killarney. The snapshot of what we saw in that video was only about two or three minutes of what happened. Guardi did arrive after that. But Chris and Mallow is asking, had the Guardi no power over someone who gets in a phone box and then strips down to his jocks? Is that OK? Asks Chris in Mallow. Well, I'm not too sure by the time the Guardi actually got there was that particular guy still on top of that particular telephone box now hosing uh, that defibrillation machine I don't know if he was still on it maybe he had got down maybe he had seen the a squad car from on high uh, driving down the street or coming around the corner and decided to jump off it so I'm not too sure what the outcome was when the actual uh, squad car arrived uh, but the guardie would have powers if you were standing and jumping on top of a particular phone box they would of course be able to get you down uh, but I don't know what happened after the video and did as I said, did he jump off before the Guardi arrived uh, and, and was the situation in a different uh, matter uh, when the Guardi arrived on the street? Uh, but yeah, the, the, the video we saw was just a snapshot of it. But I presume they would. Chris and Mallow, thank you for your text to 0862103103. While Geraldine saying, imagine the mammies and daddies of Ireland watching that video yesterday morning going, please God, don't be one of mine on that particular video. I think, Geraldine, you're right. There's a lot of families out there and even friends who were looking at this going, oh, dear Lord, don't be this person in it. Don't be that person in it. And I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think a lot of parents were worried when they saw that video, knowing maybe their sons or daughters were in that general area of Clarny for the weekend. On that, John is saying, close down the off-licenses and close shops selling drinks. Open the pubs the way they were before. And John, I must say, a lot of people are agreeing with you on this and a lot of people say this should be done 
done uh, John says from 12.30 to 2 on Sunday the pub should be open then they close and then they open again from 4 until 10 o'clock on a Sunday night and then on weekdays they would have closed at 11 o'clock uh, that might solve this particular situation because a number of callers are saying uh, that if we had the wet bars open people would have been out if the bar serving food can adhere to all the various restrictions then of course the wet bars would as well and even uh, Mary earlier on uh, onto us on the phone saying uh, that even if you look at the situation when it comes to nightclubs it might not be able to have a nightclub the way they were but having something like a nightclub at least those people then will have somewhere to go and if a nightclub or a bar can adhere to those restrictions then what is the problem in that a lot of people are making that particular point on would this happen if the wet bars were opened, your views are welcome on 1850 333 103. I mentioned there briefly from Michael and Castletown Bear on the situation regarding Europe. Well, on that, John O'Donovan in the city's uh, feels if Simon Coveney does go to Europe, he, as we all know, it will cause, of course, a by-election in Cork South Central. And as many say, and John feels that Fine Gael will not hold onto their seat in that particular area. John, of course, will be living in that particular constituency of Cork South Central. He says this now is a golden opportunity to break the cartel of the three big parties in that particular area uh, and the three big parties I suppose there would be Fianna Fáil, Fianna Gael and Sinn Féin so John saying that will cause uh, if that does happen to break that particular cartel. Uh, interesting to see what would happen then if there is a by-election and who Fianna Gael would run I mean, one of the contenders would have been Senator Jerry Bottomer. And because of the Golfgate situation, would he run? Would he not run because of what has happened? And who would uh, Fine Gael run? And who would be the winners in that particular uh, South Central election? Obviously, one seat. But uh, what would the other parties, how would they all perform? And that will be one to watch if Simon Coveney does go to Europe. But he may not. Maybe Murray McGuinness will go. Who knows? We'll have to wait and see, even though Simon Coveney is favourite to go along uh, to that role of commissioner in Europe and we'll have to wait and see what happens over the next uh, number of weeks especially the course of this week anyhow and on something else we discussed earlier this morning when speaking with the welfare officer of UCC and that was Jamie Fraser just something that came up we got a number of texts in from people while they're trying to sort college accommodation people must also pay their college fees and they're questioning why are we paying the same price for college fees this year while a lot of us will be online learning and will be at home well one text to hear John in Mill Street is asking the same and he goes I want to raise this issue regarding college fees for the term pending almost all courses will most likely now be done online with attendance physically by students in the class down to a few days a month so how come full fees are to be paid by us yet again considering these colleges closed in March and kept the full fees for that term also the Minister stated today that full fees had to be paid as costs in delivering the courses have increased and not decreased. John says, I find this really hard to swallow. Surely having a course online is less expensive to college uh, to deliver. Where are the extra costs in this? I believe a reduced fee should be in place. And didn't the insurance companies repay a percentage of your premium because you, the customer, were not going to be as active with the product? So why the hell are we not getting a fee break from the college institutions? Now, as many students may now only get six weeks in total in a lecture hall, if lucky, for the full year, says John in Mill Street on WhatsApp to 0862103103. Yes, I think a lot of uh, people would agree with you there, John. And while many say that there's not that much of a cost going to third level, there's a huge cost because 
because for the college it can be three, four or five grand uh, for any college to go along when you add up everything over the year and then you have accommodation on top of that. So there is a cost and you, John, and others are making that particular point. Why do the costs remain? Now, the minister has said they will, but why should they uh, when you have a situation that a lot of students may be at home with their parents in their bedrooms learning online and may only be hitting the college hall uh, and the college campus as you heard earlier Jamie saying it could be only a few hours a week not even a few days it could be only two or three or four hours a week so that's the reality of it and it is a concern to so many students and indeed their families because while we mention students the families the mother and father and a guardian or whoever are the ones who will be helping that particular student fund their way to college. Yes, many students will be working during the summer if they were lucky enough to have work this particular uh, summer, uh, given what's happening with, with everything related to COVID. But also uh, the parents with that in mind will also try and help out their son or daughter who are going to college. So uh, it is a worry for a lot of people having those particular high costs there, especially when they feel they're not getting the money back in return. The fact that they are in their homes rather than all the time in the lecture halls. Your views are welcome on that as well if you're in that particular situation uh, call 1850-333-103 text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103 and on the issue of house parties and I mentioned their colleges uh, Tom is living in the city he's living near UCC and regarding house parties he's saying over the weekend uh, Tom and another resident had to go to a house on their particular road at midnight and he said there was 18 people at this particular house having a party. Now, there are a lot of elderly people in this particular area. And he said it is still causing a lot of stress in the area. A house party still going on. And when they had to knock at the door and I presume tell the people in that particular house to keep the noise down, 18 people were there in that particular house, uh, which Tom is saying not right, especially with everything going on at the moment. That was in and around the area of UCC, Tom says, across the weekend. I have a letter here as well from someone living in the Connacht Avenue, which is near the colleges there uh, near UCC as well I'll get to that letter shortly on the programme earlier on Ellen was asking us about jury duty uh, she's over 70 and she got a letter to attend jury duty but she feels with everything going on that she doesn't want to go and in her right because uh, we are being told especially for over 70s and now again to restrict your movement and be careful uh, so she does not wish to attend jury duty because of that well on that Joan in McCroom was also called for jury duty three weeks ago and Joan is over 70 she sent them on her birth and she was told anybody over 65 is exempt from jury duty so that lady should send them her birth cert so if that helped you Ellen Joan McCroom sent her birth cert and she was told anybody over 65 now exempt from jury duty while William in a similar position says write back to them and give them a photocopy of your age and you're excused over the age of 65 says William regarding that so thank you for your calls and comments for Ellen Ellen hopefully that helps you out there and earlier we mentioned about farmers markets Anna was at her local farmers market and she said the stall holders were quite upset because many people were not wearing face masks and I presume they were asking people why and people felt they didn't have to because they were outdoors uh, but the stall holders because everything isn't uh, even though they are social distancing the stall holders are still it's, it's close up when you're serving someone they felt it would have been nice if someone and many people did wear a face mask but not all did and the, the stall holders were upset that the majority weren't wearing them anyhow uh, Anna that was Anna's experience when she was at her local farmer's market over the weekend another texter here says uh, she went to her farmer's market and it was outside it was thrown with people no social distancing and the stall holders there were not 
wearing masks and when I asked why uh, they said we don't have to because we are outside but that person would have preferred if they did wear masks while Judy saying she was in a local supermarket at the weekend and she felt that yes 60% or 70% of people were wearing face masks but about 30% she said were not Uh, she feels that uh, if this was two weeks ago everybody was wearing face masks but she realised over the weekend and again she was in a shop yesterday and not everybody was wearing face masks so Judy accepts that maybe those that are in the store have a legitimate reason maybe they have a situation whereby they can't wear the visor or indeed the face mask so she has taken that into account Uh, but she did notice a lack of wearing of face masks over the weekend and is like Anna asking are people just forgetting to wear them or again it could be a very legitimate reason that the person and the people you saw in that supermarket maybe a lot of those are unable to wear them and they had a reason of why they were not wearing those particular face masks but Judy asking that question this morning or this afternoon at this stage on 1850 you can text or WhatsApp 0862103103 and keep your questions coming for Annalisa any nutritional question you have for Annalisa get them into us we've a number in already she'll be on with us in the next 10 minutes Annalisa Giselle from the Health Hub in Banning Colleague uh, call Bernie or Sadie 1850 The C103 Cork Diary With Cork County Council supporting businesses supporting communities serving Cork visit corkcoco.ie and Amkara Support Group for Bereaved Parents, they will return their group meetings with safety measures in place. And that's on Wednesday, the 2nd of September at 7.15 in the Clayton Hotel in Silver Springs and in the Munster Arms Hotel in Bandon on Tuesday, the 15th of September at 7.15pm. Skibbereen Country Markers, they will reopen on this coming Friday from 11.30am to 1.30pm in the Abbey Stewry Church Hall car park in Skibbereen and again cakes, crafts and lots more there in the Abbey Church Hall in Skibbereen, the Skibbereen Country Market you're welcome there this particular Friday and the West Cork Toastmasters they're back in action on this coming Saturday and they're doing it this time via online, via Zoom so if you want to take part and get involved even if you're a member or non-member uh, for the particular link you can email westcorktoastmasters at gmail.com and World Suicide Prevention Day that's taking place on Thursday the 10th of September and Charnival Suicide Awareness Group are asking people to light a candle in remembrance of those who have passed and for their families and friends Record today on C103 Call Patricia with your comment 1850-333-103 And earlier we mentioned regarding the speed going through Mill Street I see another texter asking us to raise the issue again we have raised that earlier on but we have a lot of people who were in agreement with that earlier texter uh, Joe saying yes I was in Mill Street earlier this morning And not only this morning, Joe says it happens daily. He drives through Mill Street on a daily basis and feels cars are increasing their speed while driving through uh, the town of Mill Street. And earlier on, we had a father who's worried because his uh, children are going back to school uh, this week. And earlier on, at about 20 to 8, he said the speed of cars going through the town of Mill Street from the Mallow side and indeed the McCroom Road was frightening. The town, he says, has a 50k speed limit. No one was obeying this. And he's asking, uh, should speed bumps now be put into Mill Street like they have in Bantir, especially with schools back. But Joe agreeing with you on that. Also, Mary feels uh, she agrees. Yes, I think um, those driving through Mill Street motorists are going faster than they should be. 
Uh, maybe we should have one of those signs that when you enter the town and you're in the town that keeps flashing reminding people to slow down. I know other towns have them on the outskirts. Maybe we need one in the middle of the town to remind people it is dangerous because a lot of people are crossing from one part of the town to another and walking and with the children back in school now maybe after six months out motorists will forget the schools are back. It is a worry says Mary on text 86 So have others noticed this in Mill Street with regards to motorists who were speeding through the town. We got a number of calls this morning, earlier on this morning, and with schools back now, uh, there's a concern from parents especially uh, that maybe motorists who were always driving through that hour of the morning over the last six months would not have had those waiting for school buses or getting off school buses or crossing the road to go to school because there was no school. Now they're back. Uh, your views on that regarding a speeding in Mill Street Town, uh, 1850 333 And on the issue of drink... And what happened in Killarney, a texter here saying anywhere that is selling drink should be closed. Let the restaurants stay open and there wouldn't be many going into a restaurant if there was no drink being served. It's an excuse to get drink going into these restaurants at the moment. The government haven't a clue. So close the flipping lots, says this particular texter. Anyhow, this person says it's a joke. Places are tricking with the particular receipts, claims that texter. Uh, no, not all are doing that in fairness, uh, majority are adhering to the rules but I know you you obviously have a story somewhere on that but again we can't because one bar is doing it you can't uh, slap them all doing the same thing it would be unfair but um, I'd I'd imagine a lot of bars especially uh, in urban areas and in rural areas whereby they're trying to do the best they can to keep their bars open to, to come up with various initiatives to keep the roof over their heads I don't think everybody is tricking receipts but yes I'm sure in some places then uh, there are people who are doing what they can uh, if they don't want to have food or maybe they're ordering food not eating it I'm not too sure anyhow thank you for your text on that Uh, various views on the bars today given what has come out from Killarney uh, over the weekend and from Killarney back to an earlier call I had from the College Road area of the city and as students, some returning, some aren't returning because obviously enough, we have a lot of online learning uh, going on this year, as we heard earlier from people who were not happy with the college fees. But on this, uh, this is Tom, who is living in Connacht Avenue, wrote a letter to us last week. And this is his letter on the issue of house parties. He's a resident in that particular area of the city. And he says, with the immediate return of the little darlings to UCC, one wonders what lies in store for the residential population of that area. For donkey's ears, the university population have run a riot with house parties on acceptable levels of noise on the street, drinking on the street, with little or no consequences for their actions. During the earlier part of this year, especially, they invaded the region in large numbers, many from other suburbs of Cork City, and basically held this area to ransom with their anti-social behaviour. But of course, we must remember our glorious government, in their wisdom, rewarded them with a €350 pandemic payment as they could not exit the country to party elsewhere. The problems here lie with the landlords whose only motive is greed says Tom, the glorious bastion of education, UCC, who don't deal with the offending students in a proper manner and sadly large numbers of students' population here have a sense of entitlement. But 
they won't crap on their own doorstep and if their parents or grandparents were subjected to similar behaviour, how would they feel? We need proper law enforcement, not the engage, encourage nonsense that's been promoted. The residential cleansing, uh, which is happening, needs to be addressed. Uh, feels Tom, who's a resident of Connacht Avenue, wrote us a letter and feels now something needs to be done before the college year starts. And even though I know we've mentioned people aren't moving uh, to the cities as yet, and if they are, they're watching where they're living because of the fact that a lot of courses are online. Line. Uh, could you have a situation whereby people from other areas of the city suburbs would move to areas of that road, College Road, Connacht Avenue and those regions near UCC because they know that they'll have a social outlet and we did discuss it earlier with uh, the UCC welfare officers while many are online learning there always is a big social element to college and while the majority know they won't have that this year could they have it another way and could the other way be what many residents saw here over the last three or four months and that's house parties in that region uh, residents there continued uh, are, are, are together still on this they're not happy with what's happening but they will continue to raise the matter even after a number of various cases uh, being brought uh, one before the court of late the matter is still being uh, highlighted and being raised by those living in the area are they right to do so sometimes we get mixed views on this uh, that people say that it's not as bad as it is and then the residents uh, say that it is and it's unfair and you've got it there first hand from Tom who would like to put this uh, to the parents and grandparents of those who were having the parties how would they feel if their grandparents was, were subjected to that kind of behaviour anyhow your views are welcome on that uh, thank you Tom for your letter you can uh, email jp at c103.ie or post like Tom uh, to Cork Today C103 Goulds Hill in Mallow. Annalisa Giselle from the Health Hub in Ballincottig will join us shortly. If you have a nutritional question or a health question for Annalisa, get that into us now. You can call Bernie or Sadie on 1850 333 103 or indeed text or WhatsApp 086 2103 103. Back to the issue of off licenses. Now, I have a number of texts and WhatsApp after coming in in the last number of minutes there on the earlier texts from John, I think it was, on closing off licenses because of what is happening and scenes that we saw at the weekend from Killarney. A texter saying the comments on banning the sale of drink in off licences and shops is absolutely ridiculous. Many responsible people who can enjoy a glass of wine with their dinner on a Friday night after a week's work is the same principle as saying ban the sale of cars. People who break the speed limit and have debts on the road ban the sale of fast food due to debts on obesity. So banning the sale of drink is absolutely outrageous and I have a few more of those particular texts coming in as well which we don't get them before one today we'll bring them to you tomorrow on the show and on the issue of speeding in Mill Street a lot of people agreeing that there is an issue of speeding through the town of Mill Street while some are disagreeing though uh, John says I don't agree with bringing in speed bumps into Mill Street that would only hamper the situation more but I do think something needs to be done with cars who are speeding through the town early mornings while a texter here is saying on the issue of speeding I have noticed recently in Lasarda uh, that cars vans trucks are all speeding I saw one the other day near a school bus and it was frightening to see vans and cars speeding through Lasarda that's an area also where something needs to be done. Uh, thank you for your text. More of those. If we don't get to them before one, we'll raise them again on the show tomorrow. You can email across the evening, jp at c103.ie. Let's join Annalisa, though, as we usually do on a Monday afternoon. Annalisa Giselle from the Health Hub in Times Square in Ballincollig, just across the way from the cinema there in Ballincollig. Good afternoon to you, Annalisa. Good afternoon, Jump. 
And thanks for joining us again. Now, a lot of questions in, so I'll get straight into them. And this is the first one from Jur. And it's regarding what's on her child's hands. Now, the warts and Lisa, they were surgically removed, but they've come back. So any advice? So it's a difficult one um, because once you have that virus within you, it can flare at different times. It's the same as the cold sore virus as well. You have that virus for life and they tend to flare in stressful circumstances or maybe when the immune system is under a bit of stress. So I think supporting the immune system is always a good thing. Certainly going back to school, make sure there's a vitamin D for sure in there. And vitamin C and zinc is great as well. So Dr. Delish Clare does a lovely wart cream and it has been reasonably successful with some of my customers. So you might like to try that. And then the homeopathic remedy, Thuja, is generally very well um, effective as well. So it's spelled T-H-U-J-A. It's a homeopathic remedy and you'll get it in any, um, you'll get it in any health store. OK, and I move on to another question, Annalisa. This is from Janette and she's asking about sweating and hot flushes. flushes. She's asking, she gets them very bad. And is there anything that you could recommend for someone who has the situation of sweating badly and also uh, having hot flushes? So normally the first thing you go to for the hot flushes is sage tablets or sage tincture. So that is very effective for most people and it comes either as, um, as I said, tablets are as liquid, but you can also buy sage tea and you can drink sage three th- tea throughout the day. can take a few weeks to kick in, John Paul, so bear with it for at least a month. And if you're still not noticing a benefit after six weeks, the other option is to go down the route of plant-based hormones. Now, these are great for other symptoms of menopause as well. So a lot of women who are perimenopausal or going through the menopause would have things like um, forgetfulness, um, you know, really bad forgetfulness, low mood, a bit of anxiety, a lot of women have disrupted sleep, joint pain or movable pain around the body. So joints could be sore in the wrist one day and it might be the ankle the next day. Um, these would all be very common for people going through the menopause. And I always think that the plant-based estrogens are best for that. They are basically very mild estrogens that are found in plants and they're called plant isoflavones. You'll get them in most menopause supplements and you'll get them in any health store. And what they do is they mimic very mildly the um, action of estrogen in the body. So they help to sort of prop up falling estrogen levels and help balance the hormones in that way. And if that doesn't work, then I would recommend HRT because symptoms of menopause or perimenopause can go on for quite a long time. So if they're severe, even though there are risk factors um, associated with HRT, it's definitely benefit versus risk for a lot of people. And for Louise in North Cork, she wants to know what is good for polycystic ovarian syndrome for a 30-year-old woman? Weight gains, hair loss and hair on the chin are the big problems for her. So polycystic ovary is a syndrome which means it's a collection of symptoms and it's generally caused by a hormone imbalance where the um, cells are producing the the and the hormones in the body are being converted more to androgens. So typical symptoms would be lack of periods, facial hair, um, difficulty losing weight, um, and very difficulty getting pregnant as well. So generally, the hormone balance approach is involving supplements and diet, John Paul. So there's a big connection between insulin. And the effect that insulin has on the ovaries and the effect that insulin has on converting female hormones to the more androgen male hormones, which 
sort of drives the facial hair and the spots, the acne and etc, etc. So the best diet to follow is one that's little to no sugar or sugary products in there and a low carbohydrate diet. So a low carbohydrate diet, generally you cut out all the grains, breads, pastas, all sugar and sugary foods, but you've got plenty of vegetables. So it's not like a keto diet or a Atkins diet where you're just eating meat only. And then in terms of supplements that can help, there's a variety of different ones, but definitely the omega-3 fats help um, with the whole insulin connection. So get a good strength omega-3 fish oil. Also, inositol is um, something that has been found to be very good for people with PCOS. It's spelled I-N-O-S-I-T-O-L. And you can pay an awful lot of money for this on various different websites because they have marketed it very, very cleverly for PCOS and for pregnancy. You don't need to spend a lot of money on it. So go into your local health shop and get that in a seat all. Um, and then often you need to support the liver as well. So you're looking at milk pistol and the sulfur-based foods are very good for any hormonal imbalance. So you're looking at anything that smells sulfury, eggy, eggs are one. Uh, broccoli, cauliflower, onions, garlic, any of those strong sulfurous um, foods are excellent in terms of getting rid of, of old hormones through the liver and that way it helps bring a balance back to the body. OK, and for Marguerite, she has been prescribed Synergen sleeping tablets but they aren't agreeing with her. So can you recommend anything else for Marguerite? The natural approach to sleep, John Paul, is not really, it doesn't put you to sleep. What it really does is it sort of brings down the busy body, busy brain to a calmer level. So it, the idea is that it puts you into a, a, a state that is conducive to falling asleep naturally. These ones would be things like um, the valerian, which can be very successful, passiflora, which comes from the passion flower, L-theanine is another uh, amino acid, spelled L, capital L, and then T-H-E-A-N-I-N-E, that's another one that can help with relaxing and calming. Lemon balm or Melissa, it's also called that herb. It's the same name for the same herb. Um, and you can find in the health shop different ones like Melissa Dream is a combination of magnesium, L-theanine and the Melissa lemon balm herb. The um, valerian blend from the Dr. Vogel range has got valerian and hops in there, which is very good for sleep as well. So you could try those um, as a starter. But the thing is, is that you may need to try them for a while because, as I said, they don't put you to sleep. They just really help you calm. So I would suggest that somebody start taking it maybe at around half seven, eight to start the process of bringing that whole adrenaline, busy body, busy brain down to earth and then maybe take another dose before you go to bed. OK, can you help Helen out here? Because Helen wants to know how long does it take to take out a marina coil and do you bleed after it? And what would you recommend to take following this? I suppose it's highly individual. Um so the marina coil is typically used as a contraceptive device, but a lot of people take get it for uh, heavy and painful periods. So um, it depends on your age as well, John Paul. Your periods will return after taking out the marina coil. And if they were heavy before, it's likely that they could become heavy again. Um, there are lots of natural remedies for heavy and painful periods. So it might be worth um, going down that route rather than um, if you felt, you know, you don't want the marina coil. There are other options for you. Um, Sometimes taking a herb called Agnus Castus, A-G-N-U-S, Agnus Castus, C-A-S-T-U-S. Sometimes that can help with hormone balance, but I'll be honest, I find that it's a mixed result from it. 
And generally, when I've recommended it to people and it doesn't work, I think that there is often liver issues. So the liver is overburdened and is struggling to detoxify. So it doesn't work as it should. In other words, maybe your periods might come too soon or they might last a bit longer and it takes a bit of while to find balance. So certainly try the Agnes Castus, but maybe just to be on the safe side, take something like dandelion and burdock to support the liver as well so that you're sure that that's working properly too. And Kathleen, she's taking a statin for cholesterol, but she's wondering also, can she take a lecithin powder with that? Yeah, that's no problem. So lecithin is actually often coming from either eggs or from soya. It's It's very high in something called phospholipids, and this helps us make our bile Uh, which is generally used for fat digestion, but also bile is very important for binding to cholesterol and getting rid of it out of the body. So it really only works in the gut. It won't enter the system at all in terms of interfering with any medication. So it's safe for everybody to take, and it comes in granules, and you can throw it on top of your breakfast cereal, or you can throw it into a yogurt. All right, good. Now, I'm not sure if you can help with this one, Annalisa. Um, It's a person here who's saying she was on 20 milligrams of statins, but she took 40 milligrams for a month by mistake. Would that be harmful to her? So the statins can be difficult, it can be hard on the liver. So what I would definitely suggest is that she goes back to her doctor and get her liver enzymes checked just to be on the safe side. Uh, Generally, when you're on a statin, you should be getting your liver checked very regularly anyway because of the effect it can have on the liver. So in this case, definitely, it shouldn't be a problem because a lot of people would typically take 40 milligrams a day. So it shouldn't cause any issues. But if you're worried, go and get your liver enzymes checked. And a texter asking, what would Annalisa recommend, please, for a man who has neck pain and stiffness for over a month? So it's always a difficult one with neck pain. Um, Like from a nutritional perspective, it's not really a deficiency of anything. So it might be that you've pulled a muscle or that you're sleeping on it strangely. It could be a bit of wear and tear from the arthritis that's very common in the neck. It might be an old injury, which is quite common as well. So if it's muscular pain, the first thing I'd recommend is magnesium oil or magnesium gel as a rub, because that's very good for loosening out um, sore muscles. And you could also take magnesium if it's very severe as well. And that's great for tense, tense muscles, especially if they're cramping as well. If it's down to wear and tear arthritis, then taking a a supplement that will support your joints all over your body against arthritis. And they would be things like collagen extracts or glucosamine and chondroitin. An anti-inflammatory one possibly with some turmeric in there may help as well if there's a lot of swelling and pain. And Jane is in Mallow. She wants to know, have you any cure for bad circulation in the hands and feet? A question we get a lot about uh, for people if they have bad circulation in, in the hands and also in their feet. So bad circulation can be down to a difficulty with the blood vessels or sometimes it can be a symptom as well, John Paul, of low thyroid function. So for circulation, what you're looking for are things like um, the uh, extract of horse chestnut or hawthorn. They're very, very good for the health of the cells of tiny veins and capillaries and you can get those in supplements from the health shop um, if it's a thyroid issue make sure you have your bloods checked the next time get them to check your thyroid that would be combined as well with other symptoms John Paul maybe like um, low energy or sluggish system sluggish digestive system or putting on a lot of weight and ability to lose it so that would be more thyroid and um, the other thing as well, there's a lot of people have something called Sorgren's syndrome, which is nearly an autoimmune disorder. And this causes, um, sorry, not Sorgren's syndrome, it's Raynaud's disease. 
Reynolds disease. And this causes um, a shutdown of the tiny peripheral capillaries that go to the fingers and toes uh, when you're exposed to cold or, or variations in temperatures. And the best thing for that is probably the omega-3 fish oils because it works very well to keep the blood nice and thin and flowing through those tiny capillaries properly. And it's also great for in terms of immune system function. If Raynaud's is an autoimmune disorder, it helps with a bit of immune balance. And finally, for today, I have a text here from a male who's in his late 30s. He's running around 60 to 80 miles a week. What would be good to help him with joints and muscles? Again, I suppose we're back to the magnesium, John Paul. Um, I think that's always great if you're doing an awful lot of exercise. Um, I'd always recommend it to people when they're training for marathons because if your muscles are tight, it can increase your risk of an injury as well. So there's lots of different ones on the market and some of them actually are very poorly absorbed. So you need to be careful. The best kind to get is probably something like magnesium citrate, magnesium biglycinate, and actually magnesium malate is very good for the energy pathways as well. So your health shop should be able to um, recommend a good one for you. But you definitely want to, if, if it's causing a loose bowel, it means that you're not absorbing it and it's acting as a laxative in your digestive system. So, um, yeah, and you probably need to take about 300 milligrams a day. And using the magnesium rub before and after training as well can help. Okay, hopefully that helps you there. Uh, for the moment, Annalisa, thanks for joining us and we'll chat to you again next Monday. Thanks, John Paul. Thank you. Take care. That's Annalisa Giselle there of the Health Hub in Times Square in Ballincollig, just located across from the cinema in Ballincollig. And if you missed something Annalisa mentioned during that particular slot, you can go back and listen on our website. Go to c103.ie, click on Listen Live and click on Podcast. My thanks to Bernie and Sadie working on the show today. Enjoy your Monday afternoon. I'm John Paul McNamara. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.